Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hi everyone, Om Shanti. Welcome to the next normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and boy, are we on an incredible journey. Have you ever looked back in time and wondered how in the world did you survive your past? Just recently, I went and visited some old friends of back in the days when I used to be a little nightclub jet setter, and they told me things, folks, I just don't believe them. And they're like, there's no way, Jen, that you forgot this. I go, there's no way I did that. There's no way I did that. They said, you did it. We've gone through so much, and it's all a growing curve, and it's perhaps miracles are just waiting to happen for us. We're going to be featuring the special segments on this incredible book, which I'm very happy to be in, called Mayhem to Miracles. Sacred Stories Publishing is a publishing company that I've grown very, very fond of, and in February as well, they're going to be releasing a book that I'm doing on meditation with a lot of friends from around the world as well, called Meditation. So look out for sacred publishing stories. They are really up to some good stuff, I tell you. Our special guest today, Kathleen O'Keefe, Canavas, I hope I did that right, loving referred to as Cat, taught psychology at the University of Southern Florida's Fort Myers branch and special education. She's a three-time breast cancer survivor whose dreams diagnosed her illness. She shared her story on the Dr. Oz Show and the Doctor's. She's known as the Queen of Dreams in her internationally syndicated columns and Dreaming Healing video podcasts. Kat is a publisher and an international author, lecturer, and keynote speaker who promotes patient advocacy and connecting with divine guidance through dreams. Kat has authored and co-authored several books, including the one that we're going to discuss today, soon to be released, Mayhem to Miracles, Sacred Stories of Transformation, Hope, in which I'm also glad to be a contributing author, as I mentioned earlier. So let's give a big warm welcome to Kat. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, Sister Jen, and thank you so much for having me on your radio show to actually talk about going from mayhem to miracles, which we have actually been doing for the past two years, big time. You know what? It takes a lot when you collect stories of people who have triumphed over their past traumas or struggles or sometimes just ignorance, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know where to grab the stories. They're so profound and so moving that it's hard to select these stories. There's so much. There might need to be a volume two, volume three, volume four, because this one is definitely a winner. But tell us a little bit, how did you become involved with the publication of Mayhem to Miracles, you know, Sacred Stories of Transformational Hope? What got you involved with this narrative? Well, you know, I always say that God puts people on our path and we shouldn't step over them. (laughs) And somehow, 
Reverend Dario was put on my path and we collided basically. And I said, well, I've done compilation books. And she knew about my book that I had done with Dr. Larry Burke, who had been chief of radiology at Duke University Medical on dreams and how our, the 30 authors in the book shared their stories, their dreams diagnosed their illness. And then they went to the medical community and had tests that validated the dreams. And that was breaking research because we hadn't had that yet. And so I said, you know, why don't we do a sacred stories series? So the first one we did was chaos to clarity. And then it right smack in the middle of COVID, we did crappy to happy, which was a perfect title. And now we've done mayhem to miracles. We decided we wanted to do three book series together. And so this is our third book. And what I found so fascinating about this book was how easily it flowed, how quickly we got our authors in. And I was a bit concerned because there's almost this thinking that miracles don't happen today. That was way back when, that they don't really happen today. But I think this book proves that miracles are alive and well and living in our lives every single day. Could you define to us what's your interpretation of a miracle? I think a miracle is when our mind is at rest and our heart is open because our life is all about choices. We have put ourselves in a situation where we need divine guidance and divine help. And boom, ask and you shall receive. Ask not, get not. (laughs) And it's amazing how that guidance comes through. And I've always said, Sister Jenna, we all have a life purpose here on the earth plane. And until we fulfill that purpose, we're just not going to die. And so sometimes because we're humans, we get into situations that can make us think that we're going to die. And that divine intervention through spirit guides, guardian angels, dreams, puts us back on the right path. And I believe that is a miracle. And I believe miracles are full of coincidences. They're full of synchronicities, things that shouldn't be happening together. And yet they do. Elaborate a little bit more on death, because during the COVID, we've lost a lot of friends spanning from India from all around the world because of COVID, but then we've also lost friends because of heart attacks or maybe through cancer. And so when you say we will not die until we've gotten it right, are you talking about the soul, Kat? I am. I'm talking about the souls. I believe that we come onto the earth plane with a purpose that we've discussed with God in heaven before we're born. And then we go through the veil of forgetfulness. I really believe, Sister Jenna, if we didn't forget, we'd all be jumping off numerous bridges to get back because it's wonderful over there. I've had some glimpses into heaven, and I've got to tell you, they've got the best wine and the best music anywhere. So I believe that we made that choice before we were born. And the reason I believe that, I want to back this up with a quick dream story, is when I was diagnosed a second time with breast cancer that the medical community had missed again. And I always say medicine goes so far and then comes God. I had a dream. I had gone up crying myself to sleep in the afternoon and my spirit guides that are dressed as Franciscan monks. And I'm not Catholic. I don't know why monks came into my dream and were standing beside my bed. And I dreamed that I woke up and looked up at them. And I said, look, I know why you guys are here. 
I got it. I'm going to die. I cannot survive recurrence. That's nine by 11 centimeters. I understand. But you might want to go warn God before I get there because I've got some really big bones to pick with them. And they said, don't you remember, Pat? And I said, remember what? They said, we told you before you were born, when you said you wanted to come down onto the earth plane, when God was being taken out of everything, when miracles were being shoved into the closet, when statues and crosses were being taken down, you were going to show that science goes so far, and then comes God. You don't worship science, you worship God. We told you we'd be with you every step of the way, and we have been. And I remember looking at him and going, what the heck was I smoking up there when I said that? (laughs) And they laughed and walked out of my dream, and I didn't die. So I know COVID has been very, very bad, and it has taken many, many lives. But we're all here on an individual journey. And those that chose to go ahead and pass over, that was their choice. I do believe they're in a better place because I've seen it. They had done the footwork. They had done whatever needed to be done for us who are left behind to continue with whatever it is we need to be doing in order to bring unity and spiritual guidance to the earth plane. I must say that I hear conflicting stories regarding the passing over of souls or the reincarnation of souls. Mm -hmm. What do I believe? I'm still in the realm of accepting that if I haven't filled the soul with love from the divine God, which is pure love, I've got to come back because there's an element of an attachment to my senses and the karmic stories attached to those senses that pull me back in another body to continue the journey till I figure it out and begin to really experience pure, powerful, unconditional love and to live that with my friends, my lovers, my relatives, my colleagues at work, my nature, the environment. And I'm looking forward to that day where I sense the soul will move into this space of unconditional love that it is experiencing from God and watching or observing how that plays out in my life in relationships. Now, the other side of the story. We've also heard that souls leave. I just lost a very dear friend who was a firefighter and they cross over to the other side. And I've heard this again and again from friends, and I've often questioned, what is the other side? I know we talk about heaven and hell. For me, heaven and hell is down here. But what is the other side? Some folks have said there is a spirit world that exists. It is active. It is available for you to tap into. And then there is this world. And why are we struggling so much in this world If there's this, like, amazingly sweet world going on up there, whatever, whatever. Could you elaborate? Because there are conflicting views. I -hmm. believe that if I haven't filled myself with God's love, I'm going to come back and continue with my stories and grow. If the love of the divine is so filled in my personality, I'll share that with you and with everything that I do, and I might actually experience what it feels like to have a golden-aged existence. So, any thoughts? (laughs) What an incredible question and thought. You know, thank you for daring to ask that. A lot of people wouldn't. First, let me say this so that your audience realizes that I'm coming from a place of knowing. I believe many things, but haven't experienced them. I simply believe them because maybe I remember something from a past life. But a lot of what I'm going to tell you is what I know because I went there. And the most important thing is 
the validation. I don't blindly believe. It's just not in my personality. It just isn't. I get a lot of my information from dreams because I believe dreams are sacred doorways to divine wisdom. And when we came onto the earth plane, we weren't just plopped down here by God. And he said, okay, when we cut the umbilical cord, you're cut from me and you're on your own. He gave us the gift of dreams. And through our dreams, we can go through the sacred dream doors to the divine. And we can speak with him, our spirit guides, our deceased loved ones, our friends from lifetimes before and get information that we need to be successful in this lifetime. So is there the other side? Yes, there is. I've seen it. I've been taken there by my spirit guides, the monks. I remember when my mother had died and I was devastated because my mother and I were very close. We were best friends. I was an only child. I was a military brat, born and raised in Europe. And I didn't come back to the States till I went to college. And my father was a Green Beret, so we were always right outside war zones. We were always on the brink of war. My parents had both been raised in convents. They didn't have parents. So I was alone to a large degree. If when the wall went up in Berlin and I was in first grade, the Russians had come across with their tanks, my parents would have been killed and I would have had no one to go to. They would have snatched me up. I knew that. I had been told that. So I always had a lot of spiritual guidance to keep me stable because I was alone. I moved a lot. The only friend I had was my mother. So when she died, I was devastated. And I remember getting angry. I was angry at God. And it's okay to get angry at God. He can handle it. And I said, I want to see my mom. I know all the information. Oh, she's in a better place. The Bible says this, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. I want to see my mom and I want to see her tonight. And that night, Sister Jen, I had a dream. And in the dream, my spirit guides, the monks, took me into what I call the room between realms. It's neither of the living nor of the dead. And it was almost like I was on a conveyor belt between two guides. And as I went through this room, there were groups of people standing together. And I looked over and there was my mother. The room was completely white. You couldn't see the difference from the floor and the ceiling. And she was standing with a group of women. And as I saw her, I said, I want to get off. I need to go over and talk to her. And they said, you can't. You can't get off. And I said, why not? And they said, you can't get off. You have to stay right here between us. And I'd never been in that kind of room before. And my mother looked at me and she mouthed the words, I love you. And I remember thinking, what? Why can't I hear her? And I said to the guy, I can't hear her. And he said, that's part of the process. And she looked at me again and smiled and mouthed the words, I love you. Now, Sister Janet, everybody, every single person in the white room were in their prime. They weren't old. They weren't decrepit. And they were happy. And my mother was with her mother and her sister and her family who had passed over. She was not alone. She was happy. She was healthy. And she was glad to see me. And God rewarded my temper tantrum by taking me through the room between realms. That is so fascinating. I'm going off course with our conversation today (laughs) because 
it's profound because if there is this other side where there's just so much joy and love, I kind of wonder why don't we just bring it here since we're here in the skin, in the five senses, then what's the purpose of being in the five senses? Anyway, I think that's another conversation for us, Kat. Let's get on to the book. Because you talk about the book, about the psychology of hope in the book. What does hope look like to you and why is it so important? Because as we're moving from spirit guides and our souls are playing a part and there is another side to life, there is also the psychology of hope. To be able to believe in something better, that it can only get better. For example, the story of your mom. When you saw her and others, they looked so happy, so healthy, so young. What is hope? What is the psychology of hope? How did you all lay it out in the book? Well, hope is that magic elixir that can actually transform our lives. When we've given up, when we've been beaten down, when we lost our house, when we lost our job, when our bank account is down to the last penny, and we think there's nothing left, nothing can get better, that hope is what gets us through that storm, which many people have gone through right now, that hope when you're just not going to give up, even though you have been so beaten down. And that hope often comes from meditation, dreams, prayers, meditation. That's how we connect to our spirit guides, the spirits on the other side. We're here for a reason. And suddenly we realize we're here for a reason, and that gives us hope. We're not supposed to die. This is just all part of the process. Whatever that process is, There's hope that there is a light at the end of that tunnel, but it's not another train coming at us. There's actually a light down there. And that hope is what gets us through all of the mayhem. And remember, the mayhem in life is rich because we don't learn from things that are nice and happy. Sister Jenna, we learn from things that hurt. They're painful. They make us cry. And that is the groundwork for a miracle. That is the rich soil from which miracles grow. That soil is hope. Would you say that there is an obsession with hope? And is there a psychology behind this obsession with hope? Because sometimes we live so much in the hope, I've noticed, but we're not really putting in the energy or the work to even get to the hope result. That's a good insight. I think hope is magic. I mean, we talk about, oh, there's no magic in the world anymore. I think hope is one of our magic pills, magic mantle, that magic thing that's there. We know it's there, but you can't measure magic. You can't measure dreams. You can't measure spirit guides, but you know it's there. You get the validation in the world. Yet science is scratching its head and saying, if we can't measure it, with a ruler or put it on a scale, it doesn't exist. And that's where I say science goes so far and then comes God. Hope is in the realm of God. Realm of God. How beautiful is that? In the book, Mayhem to Miracles, you share a story about the face on the pillow. Could you tell us a little bit about this experience and how and when you saw the face on the pillow when you were an adult? Yes, when I was a little girl, I told you I was in Berlin, Germany. I was in first grade. I had been to five first grade, Sister Jenna, and I have the report cards to prove it. It was in the 60s. It was a very tumultuous time, scary, scary time here in the United States, 
Children were learning to dive underneath their desks uh, in case there was a nuclear war. I was worried that Russian tanks were going to come right into my neighborhood. The actual Berlin Wall had gone up overnight. My dad being a Green Beret disappeared. They weren't supposed to be in Berlin. That was actually secret till a few years ago. But there were a whole bunch of them over there. And he disappeared. He was actually digging tunnels to get the students out of East Germany, bring them back into the West. And he was counting Russian tanks. So all of our mothers got together because they were frightened. Now we didn't know. We weren't going to be able to get airlifted out because the Russians were going to shoot us down. We were surrounded. We had to hope that we were going to have food. And so the mothers all got together and brought the children together. And my best friends were Dina, Donna, and Diane. And so we were sitting in their living room playing with our Barbie dolls when one of the mothers said, Kathy's going to be the first to get married. And my mom said, really, why is that? And the mother said, because she's the cutest. She's the prettiest. She's the most popular. And my mom looked at me and said, are you going to get married first? And I said, no, I'm not getting married until I'm like 29, 28. I'm not going to get married. And they all laughed. They thought that was funny. And then the one mother said, I'll bet you're going to marry a prince, Kathy, because you're such a little princess. And I said, no, I'm going to marry a millionaire. And they all laughed. They thought that was so funny. Well, my mom had stopped laughing because she knew. I had imaginary friends named Digi. And usually when I said bizarre stuff like that, I'd gotten information from another realm. (laughs) So she said, how do you know that? And I said, oh, I've seen him. Now everybody stopped laughing. They're thinking pedophile, right? (laughs) Now my mom says, where have you seen him? And I said, oh, I see his face on my pillow every night. His face is facing my face, and I can see his eyes. I know what he looks like. My mom says, what does he look like? And I said, well, he's got like golden brown hair and big brown eyes, and I described him to a T. Well, they all laughed. They thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. Well, fast forward 20 years, and on Sadie Hawkins' night in a grungy bar in Fort Myers that I never, ever go to, One of my friends was getting divorced and said, well, you meet me just for a drink so we can talk. I might be making a mistake. And when we walked in the bar, we were like, who are all these? It looked like little Abner and Daisy May running around in costume. And in walked the face. Mr. Brown-eyed and golden brown hair. (laughs) And we started dating for three years, got married at the end of three years, and we've been married almost 40. Was he a millionaire? (laughs) He was. So let's talk about the other story story about the condo in California that was burning (laughs) to the ground. What happened and what was the biggest life lesson that you learned about the synchronicity of just letting go of stuff and you just couldn't stop it from happening? I couldn't stop it from happening. I had lots of stuff. Well, that's where I talk about synchronicities, those little things that happen in life that shouldn't happen. They shouldn't have any connection whatsoever. But they're connected by God thread. That's what I call it. They're connected by quantum webbing. And so we bought a house here in Florida, and we had just moved out of Cape Cod. So it was in December. We had had Christmas and New Year's here, and then my husband and our friends and I, with my two cats, were all going to go back to California for the winter because we're in Palm Springs. It's beautiful there. And the night before we were going to go, I said to my husband, you know what? I'm not going to go. I know I've got the tickets. I can always change the tickets in. The cats have all had their shots and all their papers, but I don't know. I just don't want to go. I want to stay here and just keep working on this house. You go and come back in a couple of weeks, and then I'll go back with you at that time. 
And he said, okay. So he flew out to California. He was there one day when at three in the morning there, he couldn't sleep. He just couldn't sleep. So he got up and he went into the living room to watch TV. And suddenly the fire alarms went off. And your first thought is, you know, the batteries went bad. And they're all chirping and beeping and making a ruckus. And he walked out into the living room at three in the morning there, which is about six o'clock my time here. And he saw all this black smoke billowing from the garage underneath the door, over the door, which was right next to our bedroom where he would have been sleeping. And he thought, what in the world? And without thinking, he went and opened the door. And this big ball of fire chases him down the hallway, out the front door, and now he's outside in the winter, in the desert. So it's probably about 40 degrees, no top on, no shoes, running around in the dark, banging on the neighbor's doors to get them to get their cars out of the garages so they don't blow up. And he calls me on a friend's cell phone because his cell phone and his wallet are in the bedroom, which has gone up in blazes. The fire's coming in through the roof. The roof has fallen in. And if I had been there, I don't believe I would have gotten out because we had gratings on the windows for golf balls because we're in a country club. I know I would have lost my cats. And we lost everything. It was just ash. The doors were gone off the closets. They were burned up. The floor was nothing but ash. And I remember saying to God, thank you. If I'd been there, I would have died. My cats would have died. My husband would have died. Would have been a disaster. But because you sent me this feeling to stay here, I'm alive. Yes, I lost all of my clothing. I lost all my dishes. I lost my pictures. I lost my library. But it was stuff, Sister Jenna. It was stuff that can be replaced. And it's in the hallways of my mind. It's in the closets in my mind. But I have what's important to my husband, my cats. Everything else can be replaced. So. I tell people at some point, I opened up my closet doors and said to God, oh, my God, I need to clean this crap out. He must have heard me. <laughs> Boom, done. <laughs> done deal, done deal. How incredible are these stories? And even as, you know, we go into this conversation deeper, this whole thing about we started off with dreams and souls and the other side and do we come back, do we stay, do we die? Here you had a premonition, some gut feeling that told you not to go, but Mm -hmm. your husband went, and yet he was feeling restless that night, and voila, he survives the fire. Do you ever get this feeling, because for me, I feel like there's nothing new. I think we all come with our scripts already preordained, which is why we can't stop certain things from happening, which is why perhaps we go to psychics, or we go to numerologists, or we go to astrologers, or we go to mediums to tell us what is going to happen because it is preordained. We're in this unlimited drama. It seems as if each of us as actors have come with our specific preordained role or script to play out no matter what we do. And maybe the mystery of it all is that if we keep turning our attention to the director, God, we'll just enjoy whatever the part is that we're supposed to be playing. I don't know. I just tell you that sometimes it just fascinates me in terms of why I know something is going to happen, but I can't stop it. It's as if, should I not be able to have the willpower to stop it? Well, we're having this incredible conversation, right? You know, with everyone out there who's been sitting on their chairs or just kind of glued to this conversation, it must be so profound. 
for you to think about some of the things that our special guest, Kat, has been sharing with you. So as we come to a close to our conversation, I'd love to find out what has been your most memorable takeaway from being a part of the Sacred Stories series and working with all these incredible authors. I think that we all found each other. We're these little shining stars, and we all came together in different books. A lot of the authors followed from one book to the next book, you know, because we became a family. So in a way, we became a family of these little stars that now have become our own little galaxy or universe. And that's a great feeling. I mean, this is the first time I've had the honor to speak with you and look at how much we have in common and the conversation that we're having. And I'm going to be having these conversations with all of our authors on my show. And you're coming on the show on October 19th with an incredible group. You're coming on with James Redfield and Reverend Temple. That's going to be an awesome show. Yes, it will be. Thank you so much. You've shared so much. We have loved every bit of your presence and your gifts. Could you leave us with the best website that individuals yes, can get more can, information on the book? You can go using my name, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-O-K-E-E-F-E-K-A-N-A-B-O-S.com or type in thequeenofdreams.com and I'll come up. Thank you so much, Kat. It's been a delight. Thank you. Wow, everyone, where do you start to decode our conversation that we've just had? It's been so rich of the known and the unknown, the visible and the invisible. What do you believe in most? The mayhem, the miracle, what you can touch, what you can see, what you can't? So many things about life that right now we can never say we don't have any time to think on these things. When you're driving in your car, walking from one room to another, you can think on these things. You can observe or try to process process the relationships and the feelings that you're going through with your relationships and seek understanding and meaning. It might even come through a dream. You never know. But at least ask the right questions and be very open to the process. Life is so rich. It is so powerful. And it's yours. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And I suspect we really are here to love each other the same. Take care. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.